Welcome, friends. This is the sixth episode of Grow Gay Podcast. I'm Dahlia. I'm Allie. And today we have a special guest, one of our really good friends from the West Coast side, um, Milan. Um, we wanted to have them on our show because they're super cool and we love them. Um, go ahead, Milan, take it away. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, y'all. Um, good to be here. Happy to be here and be featured <laughs> on your little potty cast. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so my name is Milan, pronounced they, them. I am non-binary as well, and I live in San Diego currently, um, in North County, if you're familiar, in the Carlsbad area. Uh, so I'm like kind of right in between downtown San Diego um, and LA, kind of uh, closer to San Diego, obviously, but yeah, pretty close to both. Um, yeah, I work in healthcare, and I'm a normal queer <laughs> we're all normal really what is right. the definition of normal but i am a normal queer <laughs> i am a normal queer That's and i feel great. like and i think you kind of you know you're kind of you're a little tiktoker i think you i mean you definitely have more followers than some of us <laughs> you're, a t- you're a tiktoker in the way that if i look at your comments people are commenting please kill me with your bare hands <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of uh it's gotten a little out of pocket recently but um <laughs> It's no, it's it's been really cool to uh, to be able to like share what I've gone through in the past couple of months with the community. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of people, non-binary people who talk about um, like their journey and things that they've, you know, had to face. Um, But in regards to like my top surgery and we can get into that in a little bit, like putting those resources out there and being able to really talk about it has been like my main focus and being able to like reach my followers essentially Mm -hmm. or in in people in the community who want more information on that and um and yeah it changes with every single person right like Mm -hmm. whether it's their insurance or whatever we can get into all that stuff later but like yeah like (laughs) pretty much I'm I wouldn't say I'm like a tiktoker but um I do like sharing my story out there and yeah, people do be saying some crazy yeah. stuff in my comments sometimes. What's the craziest thing that you've seen in there that you're like, Whoa, who came up with that? Oof. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily, like, certain comments per se, but people, um, like, my, like, my friends will text me screenshots of people's comments, like, on my TikToks of like, damn, people are thirstier than people in the desert, essentially. <laughs> in your it is always funny uh, for that. But also my Instagram DM requests are wild. They're just oh, like, oh, interesting. Because people are like, can hide behind a screen. Right. And it is a scary place. I don't really go in there. And I think one girl has caught on and like put it in my TikTok comments was like DMs are shunned upon like she was like upset that I wasn't responding oh to her but God. I I was like honestly y'all are giving me anxiety like yeah, I have social like, anxiety yeah. <laughs> do you know these comments <laughs> do these people that leave comments do you see if they're like around like the US or world or is it like in San Diego like where, do you know where they they would live or no you it looks like it's all over the US um mm. I I use certain hashtags for like certain videos. So I do like pottery videos too, mm-hmm. um, which has become like a quickly, like a big passion and like hobby I will say of mine. Which they're I really very soothing like. to watch. So I do watch those. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah. And some lesbians do it horny. 
they do the they do the pottery videos horny and i don't find that you do them as horny which i appreciate <laughs> okay so this is that is a really thank you for that um like i was sitting with a friend a couple of nights ago at dinner and she was like pottery in general is like a very sexual hobby like yeah. right you're like you're like you know centering the clay which makes it look like you're like giving it a hand job essentially and then you're like you know you're like fingering it and it's it like technically is pretty yeah for sure sexually like whatever i to me i'm like oh my god i i want to make a really good mug like i want to make a really good bowl like i so i'm gonna finger it real good yeah (laughs) make sure it's like nice and lubed up you know like i don't know like Uh, but no I mean thank you for that because I want to make sure like my videos show the technique enough of like how it does look very sexual but those are the ways of getting the clay how you have to get it in order to make like a really good mug or bowl or plate or whatever you're making so um, I think the key is you don't do too much eye contact I think what really throws me off is the eye contact with the camera (laughs) yeah we watch some we watch some like thirsty lesbians like they like pick the water up and then like drip it above yeah it's like the clay it's a little bit too sexualized (laughs) it's like the hey mama's lesbians turn to like clay mama lesbians like you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) yes that's exactly it clay mama maybe that should be like my instagram handle like when I'm trying to sell my pottery yeah clay mama pottery wait I love that (laughs) do it definitely do it I've been like really thinking about a new handle for that because I I am like trying to um get a line together to drop all my pottery because people are out there asking to buy it which is really flattering and cool cool. um so hopefully it'll turn into like something I can make a make a little dime off of which would be yeah you should I think that's such a good idea like I've been wanting to do I never done um clay uh, pottery or pottery in my life so I always wanted to because they look so soothing and nice and I like to work with my hands like I was I was a big woodshop dyke you're a lesbian but, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I liked but I did I liked working with my hands I thought it was fun I didn't like painting I didn't like like mm-hmm. abstract things I just thought it was weird I just like it to be particular I like it too but um but I thought I think that uh pottery is something similar like that where you can kind of make it your own but also has a structure of like what it needs to be but but yeah it's something that i I, I think it'd be fun to do and if you did any like to do how to do videos i would totally watch them yeah (laughs) oh yeah sure yeah i could i can try um i've learned a lot and i've only been doing it for about four months so oh nice um yeah so maybe how did you get started doing that i wanted to take up a hobby outside of work and it's like similar to what you're saying dahlia is like i wanted to work with my hands outside of like just sitting at a desk nine to five I was like okay this pottery studio is literally five minutes down the street I take my e-bike and I just like bike I like total granola up like you know what I mean I'm like (laughs) throw on my like Dickies pants and an oversized tee that has like splattered paint on it and I just get on my e-bike and I'm like and then I go and I (laughs) do my clay and then I for three hours and then I go home and I do that like three times a week so I put it out I put about nine hours at a studio a week in. That's so awesome. it's it's a awesome hobby because I can completely disconnect, right? Like I yeah. don't have to be on my phone. Like I could throw mm-hmm. it up and do a video, but I'm not sitting there on my phone like looking at a screen, texting right. or so it's a cool little outlet for me. So that's how I got into it. 
yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love those types of activities that you can kind of just, like, get lost in and you don't have to worry, like, think about too much. Um, oh, yeah. So, I'll definitely... We're also looking into things around here to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suggestions There's for definitely, hobby. like, definitely, like, coffee and clay type, like, workshops you could probably take on the weekends that are, like, date ideas. You guys should definitely do one. Oh, yeah. Jersey. That'd be cute. Yeah, that would be yeah. cute. Yeah. Well, so we met you when you lived in New York City. Yes. So now that you're in San Diego, and we were talking before how you're saying that you weren't like super into the lesbian scene for no other reason that you didn't have other lesbian friends in New York. But <laughs> what have you noticed um, being in the lesbian scene in San Diego? Because yeah, we always yeah. talk about New York. Yeah, I'm sure it's similar to New York where like everyone knows everyone or it's it's definitely a web, right? Um and me and my friends have even come to the like conclusion that one night we're just going to have a bro night, you know, and we're going to go get yarn and pins and we're going to like, we're going to web it out. We already have, <laughs> we already have like done the group part of it. Um, like certain groups of people are close knit friends. So it is like the L word in san diego too there's That's like so the ob lesbians there's the hellcrest north park uh, north park lesbians there's north uh like northern san diego lesbians there's every there's niche lesbian there's also like um like international lesbians that are there too and they have their little group it's <laughs> really cool and they all mush together on like our thursday night little queer girl events so you're able to see all these like little pockets and little groups of lesbians all come together and it's really funny because like everyone does know one or two people from each group so you'll they slowly mush together yeah but at the end of the day they're all leaving like with each other or it's mushed together and they're leaving together whatever you can take that for what it is but um but yeah the lesbian scene in san diego um everyone knows each other and it's it's probably very similar to new york i would imagine though new york or san francisco there would be a lot more going on um but maybe that's just a idea that i've made in my head like i just see the same lesbians all the time in san diego but um, I'm not sure if that's like kind of similar to New York at all. Well, so is, are there lesbian bars in San Diego? Like, is there one or like... there's one lesbian bar in San Diego and it is okay. like one of the, how many are left? I think there's like only 12 like, left or 21. Something. There's only, Oh, there's 21. 21. Okay. 21. Switch the 12. Um, yeah. Switch the 12 around. Um, it's called Gossip Grill and it's in Hillcrest. Um, and it's, it's like where the strip is with all the gay bars. Um, so they do like drag shows there and they, they do a bunch of cool like DJs and whatnot. So they have a ton of themed nights. Um, so that is kind of like the go-to spot, uh, for weekend events for lesbians. So you do see the, and you see like the older lesbians that are there, which is like awesome. Like you're coming out, you're hanging out. I love a good older lesbian. Oh, love a good older butch. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, specifically they, a butch yes. lesbian. The Working older butch dance lesbians. Floor. Yeah, right? They get a couple drinks in them. They pulled up in their motorcycle gang gang. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're like, they're dancing away. They're having the time of their life. Um, and then you have like the young bean lesbians. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the ones that are first out. So you do get like that similar crowd that you get anywhere yeah. at, at a gay bar, which is probably i would imagine similar to like if you're walking into the stone wall you're gonna get like the mm-hmm. same stuff yeah yeah i mean i guess there's like there's i mean we talked about this in other episodes how there's only two 
like lesbian bars, but it gets packed. In, in Manhattan. The, in Manhattan, sorry. In Manhattan. In Brooklyn, there's another one too. There's another lesbian bar. We haven't got that far. No, but um, but yeah, I get, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. And probably if we went there like all the time, we'd probably start seeing the same yeah. people over and over. And I think I have. I think I've seen some familiar faces. Um, actually, I usually run into a lot of my, um, I play for a basketball queer league, and I usually run, I always run into someone from that league yeah. there. It could be anyone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I think, too, like, you, we're talking about, you know, the city. So, we're talking about New York City. You're going to have tons of, like, influencers there, too. San Diego gets a little bit of that. So, you have, like, the influencer lesbian pocket that comes down from L.A. Then you get, like, the Huntington Beach lesbians that come down, too. We mm. Weirdly enough, sometimes we get, like, a group of Florida lesbians that come into the San Diego huh. pool. Um it's obviously during like specific times of like uh, time of the year pride, yeah. Usually yeah. where they come okay. into the mix, but we do get some certain pockets of certain cities that come to San Diego, and then they're in these certain groups and pockets too, and they socialize. So there are like pools, I'm sure, to New York City as well. They probably pull from the LA lesbians and from yeah down yeah. in Florida too. So. It's hard to be like, oh, it's just one one pocket. No, it, it is like genuinely a web across the United States. Yeah. <laughs> no, but genuinely it is across the United States. It really is. <laughs> well, and we're lesbians, so you are going to date someone that's not in the same city as you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, period. exactly. Right. That is true. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I I think that's that's really cool. Um, I know, I'm, but I see a lot of people that live. Um, I know, I know some gays that live in LA, and they go to San Diego or go back to LA, and so um, I can't, I can't wait to go see it one day. And yeah, maybe after that we'll visit. do a podcast episode where we're talking. That would about be awesome. Comparison. <laughs> we could film it and everything. That would be so cool. We could. That would be. Cool. I'll plug we'll it do on your my Thursday. TikTok. Like we'll. We'll we could mic um, ourselves up and do Dahlia throwing clay, like, and do a <laughs> podcast doing that. That would be sick. <laughs> That's so funny for, for, for the first time. Doing clay for the first time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. That would be That's awesome. That's awesome. That would be really cool. <laughs> but again, talking about your TikTok as your own visual diary. So talk to us more about your recent transformation experience mm-hmm. and like what some notable things are that you've learned about maybe about yourself, some things that you've learned about the community or the process, things like that. Yeah, yeah I think um, like when I think about my TikTok, the main thing that, well, when I first was doing TikTok, it was mostly me doing floss races. I don't know if you even followed me during that time, but I would race myself seeing how fast I could floss my teeth. It was like the weirdest thing. (laughs) That's what I I, remember this. It was super What's the fastest time you can do it? Oh, like under like 30 seconds easily. Okay. And I don't, my gums don't bleed. So. Wow. Okay. You don't have to come on here and fucking brag like that. (laughs) My hands are up. My hands are tied. You know, I'm talented. With floss. They're yeah, tied with, with floss. floss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it started off as that, but, like, now that I look at my TikTok now, it's really about, like, my journey um, with top surgery. Uh, so I think there was there was definitely, like, 
can I really get? I'll go into the nitty gritties of top surgery. Yeah, what sure. made you? Yeah, I guess like I guess you can start with like where you like decided like okay, I think I'm gonna do this. Like where you can start from there. Yeah. So my whole life, like I've been really self conscious about my chest when I had mm-hmm. my chest. Now, R.I.P. But like, <laughs> I would always. Did you get always... to keep them? <laughs> no. Oh my god! I was like, <laughs> later. <laughs> I'm out. Um, but. I always, my whole life, was heavily involved with softball and playing sports. And that's Mm -hmm. all my focus was, was softball and school and getting a scholarship to go play softball at the collegiate level. And then, like, after that, like, all student athletes, if you talk to all of them mostly, if they're not staying within that sport, I feel like a lot of people have an identity crisis because you're like, my whole life was wrapped into this sport and now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I play my last game and it's over and that was something that I really struggled with and was almost masked this like insecurity that I had around my body and what I was dealing with Mm -hmm. so when softball ended and I moved back to San Diego and I was um kind of finding new pockets of friends especially in the queer community it I was surrounded by people who like loved talking about these types of things and transitioning and and I was exposed to like this whole community where that's normal to think about Mm -hmm. and um, a little bit about me is like I've gone to Catholic school my whole life even college I got a scholarship to play at a Catholic university so like I was never surrounded by people who really like advocated for these types of conversations yeah. and like encouraged those types of conversations so being in a community surrounded by that helped me so I was like you know what I'm gonna start making videos when I decided to start this process of getting top surgery it was always in the back of my mind when I was like 18 I would watch mm. people like Ruby Rose I don't know if you remember the Ruby Rose she was like in a bathtub and she like yes. was wet and she had a yes. bandage over her boot uh, over her mm-hmm. chest right mm-hmm. and or their chest I'm not sure what um their pronouns, their pronouns are, are. Yeah. yeah so Ruby Rose was doing that commercial and I was mind blown I was like oh mm. my gosh like I remember going into my mom and dad's cabinet when I was 16 and pulling out like their first aid kit and seeing like the bandage wrapping or whatever it is mm-hmm. and doing it to my chest and be like this is fucking amazing like I mm-hmm. This is great. So I think after softball, moving back home, COVID hit, I'm surrounded by queer people. I really had to like sit and face these things. I'm like, am I going to live the rest of my life wearing a binder or am I going to like do something about it? Like really, Mm -hmm. am I going to just like be like, fuck what my family thinks or the possibilities of what they think or fuck what my friends think. Like if I'm doing this for me and I think I, it took, it took that like selfish um, it's not selfish, but in my mind, it felt selfish, like mentality mm-hmm. of changing my like identity and how I view myself and how I perceive myself in a way of like taking that initiative to go and like have a conversation with healthcare providers that this is like the next step I want to take. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like to answer your question long windedly, that's kind of how I got to that point of starting that process, essentially. Um so yeah. <laughs> wow. No, that's amazing. And I I, I agree with the um 
part about like once you get because like you said when you were here in new york you didn't have like a lot of uh, you didn't have a big queer community so mm-hmm. you didn't get as much expo- you, you could yeah you could see it on tv and this and that but you didn't have the exposure that you needed and then once you got to you know be part of a community that like understood you more and maybe <clears throat> opened you to more ideas or things that you didn't even think of like you were like oh duh like yeah i can do this and i think i've said this to you before i think even with the smallest things i think even with like fashion i'm just gonna use fashion as an example like um i feel like it gives you like the confidence like if you see someone like wearing like something you're like oh i can do that like I, that looks that would look good on me like i can and i like that like it especially gives you, somebody you know too. yeah there's like there there can be so much representation in media but then if there's nobody around you that's like that yeah. it might not feel like it's attainable so i'm sure like you seeing somebody else you know maybe had top surgery or maybe like just dressed some some different uh, some way differently or they had different pronouns and like i don't know i just think it gives you the confidence to be who you want to be so i think that's awesome that you got to be part or you got to be part of a bigger community that you felt sure. at home yeah and like um i i know i know i i'm not sure if y'all consider yourself masks i don't i wouldn't categorize you as that I'm no. like no. <laughs> okay cool um i i mean who am i to judge you know right. but i there's this weird mask to mask beef I know that you probably are aware of this. Maybe huh, not. Okay. But yeah, certain I, masks I can, try I've to I've seen like, it, I think, in basketball. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, they try to, like, level up, right? Yeah. Like, there's all mm-hmm. constant constant level up. And I finally was, like, in a community where I didn't feel like like that. Okay. In San yeah. Diego, too, when I was, like, really meeting other um, queer people that had my similar fashion or, like you were saying, like, people who were binding down their chests and I was hanging out with them and I was able to, like, relate talk to them about it I remember I was having a conversation with my friend Mick and we were both you know and I I don't want to speak for her and her experiences and what she's dealing with but it was kind of one of the first conversations where I was really open with someone about really like who had the similar style as I did and like really opening up about how certain clothes fit me a certain way and why I would style myself to try to hide my chest. Mm-hmm. That was really yeah. not conversation. Those, those weren't conversations that I was having right. um, with, with people, yeah. you know, it was like an internal conversation. Yeah. Now I'm like, damn, that's so sad. I was having that like for 28 years. Like that sucks. Like, yeah. You know, and I again, do. I t- I totally get what you mean, but that's, I'm happy that you were able to find, you know, the people that you could relate to because it's hard. I think it's always, it's very hard. And then there's people that never do find that or Mm -hmm. find like different types of people. And, you know, but then they can find things like your TikTok. And be that like, is okay, true. This is like a normal. Per- this is a normal queer, as they say. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, queer. I, I, I mean, people might think I said this the other day. People crack up. I'm like the Kyle XY, right? Because I have like no nipples, so it's like you know the Kyle XY <laughs> of the non-binary, you know, person. I but am like, so glad you brought up the no yeah, nipples. I wanted to I, talk about. That. I wanted to talk about the no nipple okay, decision. Yeah. I wanted to know what. <laughs> I like just from a pure curiosity standpoint like what did they say okay and so your options are nipples or no nipples like what options do you have yeah so um 
I, my doctor was Dr. McMillan. Everyone, a lot of people ask me this question because my results are awesome. Like I will be the first to admit it. I am like mm-hmm. so happy with my results. I think it looks awesome. And my, my opinion of them is all that matters. So I'm going right. to be like pumping myself up and be like, my results are awesome. Um, but my surgeon is well-versed in um, doing this surgery. She was doing them uh, for a very long time for cancer patients for mastectomies and then started mm-hmm. doing them for um, the queer com- community and people that you know identify with this type of surgery and want to have it done. Um, and the, the process was so smooth with this surgeon. I mean, I can't talk about how amazing she was. Um, and if you know, I, I hope that she doesn't hear this fingers crossed. She is such a milf. Like, honestly, <laughs> like that is not where I thought that was going. <laughs> I know you're like, but wow, she's... this woman is incredibly skilled at what she does. And she's it makes me feel comfortable. <laughs> and she's a fucking hot. <laughs> no, she, she really is. And like, if, it, if there's we one woman on this earth to see my tits one last time, I'm so happy. It's her. Like, <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you. Um, that's but, funny. <laughs> But she was amazing, and um, she did give me a a couple – she gave me the option whether to keep them or not, and she was like, have you thought about it? And I was like, you know, like, yeah, I think, you know, I don't want to keep them. And she was like, okay, well, just let me know. You know, you can come in again, or you can let me know the day – like the day of when you come in pre-op. I'm like, what? She's like, okay, so she's like, "Here's, here's your options. You either keep them, you're under anesthesia for another additional hour, and I would take them off and I would shape them to a certain size and then I would place them on your body. I'm like, mm-hmm. cool. She's like, or we don't keep them. Like, that's really, it's, it's, it's pretty yeah. black and white. Right. The thing is, is for me. They can't, I like, was, give you one. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll actually, can I just on. keep the left, you know? Yeah. <laughs> put it in the center, actually. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. So for me, I was doing the surgery in order to, like, take off my shirt and feel comfortable with myself. I'd never mm-hmm. been able to do that. And in my mind, I was like, I want it to look, look a certain way. I want perfection. In my, and I'm like, in the, the easiest route to do that is to not keep them. And that's the decision like I made. And yeah. it was, you could have the placement be weird. You yeah. could have, like, possibly she didn't shape them right. It yeah. could be inverted. It could be put on the opposite direction. It could even get <gasps> rejected the like your nipple could get rejected your body doesn't want it so after like two or three weeks you're looking and it's like falling off your body and then you're (gasps) like oh this is not not good oh no and these are okay so these are things that do happen happen. yeah it but it's not like a hundred percent gonna happen right so i don't want like someone listening to this who like is like no i want to keep my nipples go for it keep your nipples but these are like things that you should definitely talk to your surgeon about if you're thinking about keeping them and if they're not telling you these things I would look for another surgeon. Yeah. Like they don't have your best interest in mind. Yeah. Um, so these are like things that she was telling me. And I was like, okay, I want the best results possible. And I want the best look possible. I don't want my scars pretty visible. Like I want it to just look clean. Yeah. And um, I decided on no nipple because I, that's something that I could control going into that situation. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 It's not a bad. Yeah. And like, it's not like, I guess, I think because society has made like nipples such like a, <clears throat> you know, especially for women, like 
nipple she's showing nipples like oh no yeah. like it's like well what if we just didn't have nipples like you know I mean? everyone could just wear be yeah. topless you know what i mean so yeah i think totally. it brings it back to just a very like you know baseline human thing but i love it i think that's perfect i never i guess i never really considered it because obviously like i i i don't think like it's something that people consider about. It's not something people talk about, but that's such an important thing to think about. Like nipples, even like the smallest thing, like a nipple can be such a personalized thing. <laughs> I saw yourself. somebody on TikTok, they got Ooh. their nipples cut into hearts. Interesting. And then they got that put on their body. Wow. That's pretty wild. I love that yeah. for them. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That's wild. I mean, I, I don't know where I'm going to go from here. If I'm going to get them tattooed on, there are tattoo mm-hmm. tattoo mm. artists that's special, specialized yes, in this. It's like the cosmetos- cosmetology, yeah, like uh, tattooing the eyebrows, right? And like yeah. lips, people get lips, their lips done all the time. Yeah. Freckles. Um, have you seen that? People, people do the freckles, freckles too, that's which crazy. is so yeah. cool. Huh. Um, and they even have the temporary ones like now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew about that. Yeah. They like fade yeah, after yeah. a couple years or something. Um, so I'm I'm still debating my options and looking into things, but right. for now, like I kind of have to sit tight. I got it done in May, so we're sitting here at the beginning of September. So I'm I'm not that far out of surgery, so my scars are pretty fresh, um, and I'm going to have to make sure that I maintain them and put tape on them for about nine months to a year. So mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a process, but in order to you know consider getting like a chest piece done tattoo wise or like tattoo nipples on I want to make sure I'm completely healed so I can really weigh out my options like hey is yeah. this the look I want to go for or do I really want to get nipples again like who knows yeah right. so yeah that's awesome but that's I'm so happy cool. that and I and I think you know it's been pretty successful as you said you don't you know have I'm assuming you, you don't have any pain or anything like that like do you is it sensitive like you know what I mean like yeah how does it feel now now that it's been like a couple months yeah great question um it is completely numb to be honest with you so um all go into like post-op uh that first week after post-op I was in significant pain so you said pain so I'm like yeah, okay so the sure. first week is the most painful week yeah. that you are going to face um, I was on oxys for about two or three days. So during that time, I didn't remember anything. Like I was oh, wow. so Thanks. high. I didn't remember anything. Mm-hmm. And what's so funny, you guys are going to crack up. I was going on shopping sprees. Okay. I wasn't remembering any of <laughs> oh, this. No. So after a year, uh, year, after a week of being at my sister's house, and my sister-in-law was taking care of me. So thank you, Abby. Shout out to Abby. Um, <laughs> after a week, I went back to my apartment. It was Christmas Day in my room. There was boxes. <laughs> there was boxes everywhere. So I, I had spent probably upwards of $700 to a grant oh on clothes, God. on shoes, oh on things God. like I don't even remember buying. I, I returned like a lot of it, but I was like, what the fuck was I doing? Like someone take my credit cards away. So anyways, I was high during those three days on like oxys, two or three days. And then they made me so nauseous. So you take like these nausea medications while you're doing it. So I weaned myself off of oxys and just was taking like a ton of Tylenol. Um, and during like those last four days, I was in so much pain because of the drains. So yeah, they put I mean, these drains on the sides of you. So it keeps, you know, the swelling down and you are, when I'm saying you are binded up, 
like you are strapped in for a roller coaster <laughs> let me tell you like it they really like pressure you in um to make sure that that swelling stays down so like yeah. right the stitches stay closed they're protected and then the drains you have to you have to measure it to make sure that like you're getting enough out and then during your post op appointment a week later they literally <laughs> This is gnarly. You, my surgeon had me cough and she just pulled out the drains. Dead dead (gasps) serious. But you don't feel anything, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's completely numb. But it's like gnarly to think about. That they just like rip out. Like if I wasn't numb, I would Uh be like, oh my God, this hurts so bad. But so around my scars and probably like two inches um, above and below the scars, I'm completely numb. And the the nerves will grow back eventually, but it'll take about a year for them to grow back. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, just like, like that. anyone who's listening that's going to get top surgery, the drains suck, but you just got to grind through it. Like you just it's have to. worth it at the end. It is so it's worth so, it so at worth the it. end, yeah. but it sucks when you're, I, I was at a point where I was like about to take everything off and rip oh, out the drains yeah. myself. Um, but Ugh. it, yeah, that's the worst part. But that's it. It's 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 not as bad as your dysphoria. So whatever, you're good that's with true. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, nothing's worse than that. So right. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm so happy to hear that, and I'm happy that you you know have found a little family for yourself to like um, be friends with and make great TikToks that we watch. Appreciate and, that. Yeah. And, Thanks. And, <laughs> and thank I love you it. so much for coming on and yeah. talking about the gnarly details of surgery and. <laughs> Also pottery. Yeah. yeah. Pottery. <laughs> oh yeah, pottery, like queer community, all of it. So yeah. um yeah, definitely. Like, and if you wanna follow Milan on TikTok, what is your your uh tag? So my handle is not um the norm. My handle is bingo bongo tee hee hee or something like that. And the reason I forgot the reason why it's that handle is um my boss one day was like, hey, like, I'm cool with my boss. We're friends outside of work. Like, we can right. text and it's fine. It's good. It's all good and fun and games. But when I first started at my job, I didn't know if that was, like, shamed upon to be on TikTok or whatever. So I made it, like, the most ridiculous name. Random and that was the thing. first thing that came to my mind. I'm like, bingo, bongo, teehee. Like, let's just go with that. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, that's, that's what my handle is. Um, but it's like, it's stupid and it's stuff. stuff and it's fun. Um, but yeah, it's, and my boss follows me now. So it's like, it doesn't even matter. I should probably yeah, just right. change you it to my actual name. Change it to Milan, please. I you probably should. <laughs> no, I like it. I like or change it to Clay Mamas. Clay, Clay Mama. Mamas. That's gonna, yeah. I, I will look into that and see if it's available on Instagram. I think that would be funny because it would yeah. be a play on, um, what is it? The Hey Mamas lesbians. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It. But it is kind of nice. I like it. It's nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's good. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, and we hope to have you again and maybe in person next time. That week. would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming out to New York in October, so I hope to see y'all. I'm going to be in Perfect. Long Island for a wedding, but if I'm in the city, all right. we'll connect. Text us. We'll hang out. We'll, we'll, yeah, text we'll write us. it down. We'll be around. Okay. All Sounds right. good. Thanks for having me Thank- on. Appreciate of it. Of course. Thanks everyone for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.